Hey everybody, welcome back. My name is John Bishop from John Bishop Fine Art, and this is Conversations for Freelance Creatives. Welcome back to the podcast. You know, it's very interesting because I just finished this podcast. I just recorded a good 30-minute program and realized that I never hit record. So you missed it, sorry. No, no, I can do it again. In fact, it would have been good practice, right? So I wanted to, um, first of all, apologize because it's been a while since I put out. It's been a couple of weeks since I've done my weekly podcast and that's not good. But I am getting the hang of it. I think I told you that we have a little bit of a problem in that now that Bogdan and I are working together on a weekly vlog, I'm not in charge anymore. (laughs) And so that means I have to completely kind of restructure how I do my preparation and how I have the time and things like that to get the content ready for for this podcast, as well as the blog, as well as the vlog, as well as obviously this is also a video podcast. And by the way, I'm also running a small business. (laughs) So uh, I do apologize for that and I think I am getting better at it. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the storm. We had uh, a big storm come through, Nicholas, tropical storm. It didn't quite make a hurricane, though it came awfully close. And um, we're we're kind of used to that. We live in Houston area, the Gulf Coast. We're used to hurricanes. This is hurricane season. And uh, lately, in the last few years, we've been getting, I think, more than our share of big storms through. done quite a lot of damage. Uh, We actually, we had Harvey several years ago and that was catastrophic. I think we got 52 inches of rain. That is phenomenal. So lots of flooding, lots of damage, lots of destruction. People lost their homes, the whole neighborhoods were flooded. And so a lot of it was not even the storm, but the dams and the levees that had to be drained because they were going to overflow and burst. And uh, so this time we knew a big storm was coming. Wasn't probably going to hit as a hurricane, but it was coming straight for Houston and we were on the wet side of the storm and it was going to go considerably slower than most storms. And so a slow wet storm means dumping lots and lots of rain. So we were getting ready. I've never, and I grew up here, never had the kind of preparation we had for this kind of a storm. They uh, started to siphon off water out of the levees so that the levees weren't, the uh, reservoirs wouldn't be so full uh, when the rain started. They closed down schools. They told people to stay home. Uh, It was really a big deal. And we took heed, we stayed home. And sure enough, the coastal communities got hammered Um, and there was lots of flooding, lots of wind damage in in Houston as well. Um, I know somebody who, you know, this is what, a good week later, and she's still having the tree removed off the top of her garage. So, yeah, people have damage, but the storm turned, and it wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been. Uh, But we were ready. We were ready as a community. And I think we take those things seriously. When you're from here, when you've been here a while, you learn how to live in this kind of environment and what you take seriously and what you don't. Um, And you have a plan. We all know what to do when a hurricane comes. We know 
uh, that we're likely going to lose power for extended periods. We need fresh water, we need supplies, food, candles, uh, uh, hand fans, because it gets awful hot when the air conditioning goes out. So we know, we know what to do, we've done this before, and uh, that's just part of living here. And in a strange way, I thought that there's a parallel here. There's a, there's a bit of a metaphor here with the being ready for a storm and then some of the things that I'm hearing on the news. And I thought, okay, let's, there's a parallel here. If I look at my small business and I try and say, what are the storm preparations I need to make? How am I ready for a business storm? Uh, what would I do? What, what are my plans? And so it goes back to, we talked about here ages ago, uh, you know, uh, risk management and planning and uh, crisis management. And, you know, how do you make preparations for something as it comes? But, you know, we know what to do with a hurricane. And we know how to plan for seasonal differences, for dips in the market, uh, for, I don't know, all the things that we know how to deal with as small business people because we deal with it fairly regularly. But there's, a, there's some, some things on the horizon, there's some storm clouds that might need some attention, that might need some alternative planning like we did here in Houston. I, and I'm talking about social media specifically. I mean, when you look at what the impact has been of the internet and social media on business, it is astounding. I mean, it, it has been a paradigm shift, right? I mean, when was the last time you bought uh, an ad in a magazine or a print ad in a newspaper or paid for a commercial on, on television or radio? Uh, it just doesn't happen anymore. The, there's so many better ways to do marketing and advertising that are infinitely less expensive and have global reach if you play your hand right and can, can beat the algorithms uh, and get seen uh, on the internet. But it really has changed completely the way we approach and the way we fund advertising and marketing. And I was just thinking the other day, the fact that, you know, I'm following an artist that I just think is great and she lives in Slovenia. I would never have known about her at any other time in history. Uh, I, I just, I would never have, she would never have hit my radar. Um, and I'm talking to people from all over the world, following people in Japan and uh, literally everywhere. And they can follow me, and I have people who are following me from all over. I'm getting uh, some conversations with the Reed Pakistan again. So, you know, here I am reaching out and doing some programming with the, the folks in, in, in Pakistan. I think that's all phenomenal, and I'm not suggesting for a moment we shouldn't do that. In fact, we should rush at it. We should throw everything we've got into that kind of marketing, that kind of outreach, that kind of connectivity with the world. It's just a phenomenal resource. But that's kind of old news. We know that, right? But then something happened recently. Well, first of all, I've heard lots of talk lately about 
social media, fake news, the way that people are going to Facebook to get news, the way people are influencing others through social media to give them fake news. And, And there's just a whole lot of kind of churning in Congress about does something need to be done about social media? And that is a storm cloud for us. I mean, if they start messing with this, that could change the entire basis of our business. And not just us, obviously bigger, bigger entities than, than our businesses. And then last Friday, uh, the election in Russia, Navalny is in prison, but he has a kind of an opposition party running and they knew full well that the government would crack down and close down their website. And when that happened, they had an app on Google and Apple that people could go to and still get information about the election and how to vote and fight uh, to try and keep Putin out of power, kick Putin out of power. And my conversation is not about the politics of Russia or what's right or wrong or good or bad. I'll let you decide all those things for yourself. But what I thought was phenomenal is that Google and Apple acquiesced to the Russian government. Under pressure from the Kremlin, they deleted the app. And that one act could well have changed the election. Uh, Who knows whether it could or not, but it could have had an immense amount of effect and just completely cut off that strategy, that election strategy at the knees uh, by cutting off the only other choice they, the people had to find, to find good news. So it occurred to me, and now just this week, there's a lots and lots of talk. There's studies out now saying how harmful things like TikTok and Instagram in particular, as well as Facebook, are for teenagers, particularly teenage girls, and their self-image and things like that. And, and just the immense amount of attention, much of it negative, about Facebook, Instagram, how they're run, how they don't pay taxes, how governments are starting to say, no, maybe we need to be regulating this. If they start messing with these things, what will we do? I don't have a plan for this. I have a plan for hurricane, but I don't have a plan for this. Uh, So I'm not trying to be an alarmist, but I'm trying to say, you know, as we're watching the skies for storm clouds, we need to start thinking about what kind of impact this could have on our businesses. I mean, if I could not reach out to the folks in Slovenia and I can't talk to the people in Pakistan, what am I going to do instead? And that is the question that I think I need to start considering for my small business, uh, particularly in the arts, because we are very, very vulnerable, even to a change in the algorithm, can completely upturn our, our cart. Um, but if I have to start paying for TV ads, I will go under immediately. I don't have that kind of advertising money. Uh, I haven't needed it for years. So just just wanted to put that out there. It's a bit of my rant for the week. Uh, I do think it is something that we need to take seriously. 
and start to brainstorm how we're going to deal with things if, if those storm clouds form. Sorry for the cheesy metaphor. Uh, otherwise, I've had a really good week. Very, very busy. In fact, we stayed home Monday and Tuesday of last week because of the storm. And because we didn't get much of a storm, we just had a lovely, gentle rain. Didn't even form puddles. It just lovely watered the grass and it soaked in. And it was lovely uh, while everybody else was ducking falling trees. So we were very lucky, um, but we got a lot of work done. We've been working here at the house uh, at mom's place. Uh, I apologize if there's a bit of an echo in here. We still don't have any carpeting down. Hopefully that'll happen today or tomorrow uh, in this room. And so there might be a bit of an echo uh, just with uh, concrete floors. We decided not to carpet the whole place. We're just gonna, we carpeted the, put some carpet tiles down in the ugly hallway, uh, threw some tarps down in my uh, painting studio, some area rugs and left the concrete floors. Not so much for aesthetics because they're not that pretty, but uh, we did want to seal them, which we did, uh, in case keep moisture from soaking up from underneath. And also we didn't want to spend a lot of money on a place we're going to sell. And we didn't want to put in a new carpet and then do painting jobs on top of it and spill paint on. So we said, you know what, let's just, we're gonna leave it concrete floors. It gives that nice studio look anyway. And when it's time to sell, the new owners can put in the carpet they choose or we'll choose one when it's time to sell. Uh, we're gonna spend the money, we might as well not mess it up. So that's been going on. And in fact, the studio, the place here has been just amazing. I have this entire room for filming and I had virtually no room. I had to disassemble the living room or my study every time I tried to film before. And this way I have this dedicated room for video and for editing. And I can do my other business, computer business stuff in this room. Uh, which is very conducive. I then have mom's big bedroom that has a huge, probably 20 foot uh, glass window that goes the entire length of the, the room, uh, it's floor to ceiling. And it just floods one wall with natural light, which is perfect for my painting. So I've taken that room and turned it over into the kind of painting studio. Uh, the living room area has a big table. It's actually dad's old desk. And we're able to do bigger projects on that, things that require a big table, you know, stretching canvases, framing, whatever needs a big table, cutting, things like that. Uh, we have a garage that is pretty much empty. We cleaned it out. We put in some really significant uh, LED lighting. Looks like daylight in there. And that gives us a lot of light and an attached garage so we can actually keep cool and warm just by opening a door. And um, so that is another kind of workroom space, a workshop space that we can use. We've got the kitchen, obviously. We've got the living room uh, for us to hang out in. Uh, and if we ever had a guest come over, we could use this as a uh, residency program. We could use this just as a guest house. There's so many things that we could do here, uh, but it really has freed us up. It's opened up the doors for us so that we can spread out a bit. We're doing nothing here that we didn't do across the street at our own home, but this gives us a lot more room. In fact, we've already started getting neighborhood gossip. 
the, the old folks in the neighborhood are talking already about, you know, there's a restriction in our deed that says no, no place can be used as a business. Well, we're, we're not, right? We're just not. We're doing everything here that we did across the street. It's just that we're doing it all here. We're not open to the public. We don't sell from here. We don't have clients come here. We don't have any employees. We don't, we don't produce any kind of toxic chemicals. We don't make noise. We just, I paint here and he does, he piddles around with uh, framing and photography and we do editing. I, we do not run our business out of here. Our business is run out of Houston. So it'll be interesting, I hope, that that doesn't become some sort of crazy witch hunt uh, from, from angry neighbors. Uh, so we just talk to them less. I don't believe they're watching, uh, but if they are, I can assure you, there's n we are not running a business out of here. We just happen to be working from home. And we're not doing anything. If, an, a, if a lawyer can work on his briefs at night in his study, if a teacher can grade papers at home on the kitchen table, uh, if a writer can write on his computer in his bedroom, I can paint in my own home. So I don't think it'll be a problem, but it, it is pretty funny that uh, we, we're getting a reputation already. Uh, a lot of new work, as, as I say, we had some free time. I was lucky enough to get a commission to do uh, 15 paintings, uh, eight by tens, very small, framed paintings, all originals, but based on a particular uh, painting that I did for one of my collectors. And uh, Keith asked me, he wants to give them as Christmas presents. So I'm doing 15 original paintings and I've been working on that commission. Uh, and that'll, that'll be done oh, fairly quickly. Uh, my work goes pretty fast. Bogdan's been working on some new stuff. He's still doing his kind of what does he call it? Sculptural photography, where he does photography and then adds a bunch of collage and uh, construction materials and things like that to to make a, a 3D effect. Uh, so we've been doing a lot, of, and he's also working now in some ink again on paper, which is some pretty stunning pieces. So we've been working really hard, and that's great to have this space and be able to to use it to actually figure out what it is we need in setting up our own home studio. Um, it's, it's been interesting and using it is the best way to figure that out. Um, we're also applying for different shows. You know, the, the Thane show, the Guadalajara show uh, is ended, and, but there's another one. There's another Thane uh, show in Mexico City and we just passed the deadline for submissions for that. So we should hear very quickly on whether or not Bogdan or, or if I, or in fact, both of us, got into that show in Mexico City to show our work there. Irregardless, uh, Michael Swain at uh, PRPGMX, the studio program that, where I do, do my residency program, uh, Michael is interested in giving Bogdan a show anyway. So if he doesn't get into fame in Mexico City, Michael is gonna show his work. So he's getting a show either way, which is very exciting. And Michael's been very supportive. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, that'll unfold here in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. Uh, Bogdan's work has been getting a lot of love. We, uh, we, he took the Inheritance series to 
to Guadalajara, and one of the pictures in that series is As Is. And <clears throat> that picture was, that photograph was also uh, included in the juried show from the virtual, uh, from the Visual Arts Alliance here in Houston. So that As Is was in that show and is still there, should be closing up here fairly soon. And then he just got word that he was accepted by another juried show in Poughkeepsie, New York for as is, so he sent that, paint, uh, that photograph off to New York for a, it's a combined virtual and physical show. Uh, so that show, his work's been getting a lot of love. He's also just finished uh, his kind of presentation for the uh, big photography fair in Tucumán, Argentina. And we had an online artist talk last week uh, and he's also doing some work uh, doing portfolio reviews for artists, uh, for photographers in that program. So uh, that's it's all very, very exciting stuff. Uh, now, I have um, started the P, uh, PRPGMX is also having uh, an art lab. I, I did this several months ago uh, and did a body of work it's an eight-week program where you work in pretty intently on, uh, with, a, with a small cohort to create something based on a proposal. And so my proposal this time, and I just started this last week, <clears throat> will be to include um, to illumination, to include that kind of interior light in my work. When I did the Punk and Margus series, some of my, in fact, all of my paper pieces had this kind of interior glow. And I've, I've had that happen occasionally, usually on paper. Uh, and, and I love that. It stops me cold when I see it in the work of others. But it didn't happen in any of my canvases in that series. So I was talking to my neighbor, uh, Deborah Ellington, who was an art teacher, uh, professor for years. And she was saying how uh, you can actually make canvas behave more like paper, uh, depending upon how you treat the canvas and things like that. And so that's my project. I'm going to be working for the next eight weeks on how to intentionally and, and dependably creating kind of an interior glow to some of my paintings. Uh, I think that would be a very good, good thing for me to, to be able to do. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I just started, so we'll, we'll be talking more about that. Um, because we have uh, studios with other artists in Houston, um, we get to know people and uh, Bogdan has been asked two people this last week. Uh, let's see, Marisol Valencia, who is a ceramic artist, uh, asked him to come and do some high resolution photography for a show that she's in and for her website. Uh, and she does just some phenomenal work. You should look her up. Uh, Marisol Valencia and here in Houston. And um, so we went and did that photography with Marisol. Uh, and then we also went to see Fallon Mihalik. Uh, Fallon we knew from the other studios we had at Sabine Street uh, before we moved. And Fallon also needed some uh, fine art photography done, and so that's what we did. We went and shot her work as well. She does large things. She does lots with color, uh, a lot of uh, paintings that are larger, 
uh, as well as some ceramics as well. And so it was lovely to see both of their work uh, and be able to, to photograph it so that they've got these uh, high resolution photographs for shows, for websites, and who knows, for even prints if they wanted to make chiclets for, uh, out of them. So that's what we did. We also went to a reception for uh, another artist we know, uh, shared studios next to, uh, and that is Elena Sandovich. Elena had kind of a reception at her home studio, and, and her home is just dripping with art. She is a very prolific painter, and she's also a novelist, and she's got her second novel out. I think it's her second, it might be her third. And we bought two of her novels and had her sign them. Uh, so that was exciting and got to see her work. She had, is launching a, uh, uh, a series about Galveston where she worked and, and lived for a while. Uh, Elena is also Romanian and she was also a member of the Escapist program with John Ross Palmer and that mentorship program. And so we knew her from that as well, worked with her some, making videos for her during that program. So it was great to see Elena and her lovely work and, 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 and visit with her for a while. So all in all, it's been a really, really good week, uh, exciting. And this week we've got a lot still to do. I'm still working a lot here on the home studio. I have to get out the newsletters. Uh, the time just keeps on ticking. So hopefully you're having a great week. Stay creative and I will talk to you again next time. Bye now.